Hey, welcome to New River Church's podcast. We're really glad you decided to join us today. We pray that this message blesses you and encourages you. If you're looking for some more information about New River Church, just look us up at newriverchurch.org. So this morning, Matt Lyles, Matt is our, um, Matt is our uh, prayer coordinator. I guess that's, I don't know, if, what's, what's, your, what's your official title, Matt? We give you an official title. You are the Archbishop of Prayer and Intercession at New River Church. But uh, so Matt, Matt just has such a heart and a passion for prayer. And this morning he's got a word for us about that. And so I invite you to come up, my friend, and God bless you. Yeah, man. I guess, uh, I don't know, but that's thinking positive on a 95 degree day. That feel, just feels good to look at that snow shovel. <laughs> All right, let's, let's pray before we get in, friends. Yes. Oh, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to pour out my heart to these people. I love these people, Lord. And I pray, uh, I pray that I'll stand behind the cross today, Lord, and let you shine, Jesus, because you are worthy to shine. You're worthy of all praise. I pray that it be a working in this place this morning. I pray that even friends would be touched online watching, Lord. I just, uh, yeah, I pray for your, for your best this morning, Lord. And I just surrender it all to you. I surrender everything I'm prepared to you, Lord. You have your way with the Holy Spirit. You're already here, God. You're already here. And in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Good morning, friends. Thank you for the opportunity to, to uh, share the message with you this morning. Welcome to our friends online. And before we start, I should just, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, time to start digging. It's time to start digging. All right. Because the message for this morning is entitled, Praying from Our Roots. And so I'm going to explain that for the inspiration for this message. And so some of you know that I went to go visit my dad in Texas. And I thank you to all those who were praying for me for that. It was just a, uh, it, it was such a blessing. It, God answered your prayers and my prayers in even a more profound way than I could think, ask, or imagine. I got to fellowship with my father and members of that side of the family for the first time in my life. I haven't seen him in eight years. So it was just, uh, it was wonderful. But the inspiration came on that visit, okay? And so, you know, he was on an eight-acre section of property, works on a ranch, and I'd go and have my quiet time. Out, I'd ride the quad-wheeler out there, first time in my life, didn't crash it, thankfully. And uh, I'd go drive out there. There was this one tree that was sitting in the middle of the field, and I just felt I'd have this quiet time by the tree. And I was looking at the tree, and I'm praying. I go, God, is there something that you have for me to share with my friends on this day right here. And he drew my attention to this one branch of the tree, right, that was, that was dead. There was nothing growing on that one branch of tree, but everything else was budding. And so, you know, I, I don't know why, so I'm talking with God. I go, God, what? What's going on with that one section of tree? It didn't look like lightning hit it. It wasn't hit from the outside storms, right? And so what I got from the Holy Spirit was showing me was that, you know, the branches from the tree, they go from the roots, Amen. And so there was something growing on with its, it was disconnected from the root in some shape or form. It had stopped uh, 
being connected with the source of life that would, that would help it to grow fruit. Amen? And so that's the inspiration for our message this morning entitled, Praying from Our Roots. If you're watching online, go ahead and type in the comment section. Time to start digging. So let me ask you guys a question, and I want to hear from you. I like interaction for those of you who pray with me on Wednesday nights, right? So why, why do we pray anyway? Go ahead, shout out some answers. You know, what, what, do we, what, are, what are some of the reasons by which we pray? Because we need something, right? Anybody else? They connect with God. Because we're thankful. Okay. Good. Those are some, some good answers. And, I find, and, and one quote, quote that stuck out to me was by Charles Spurgeon, and it kind of framed it for me. It says, the goal of prayer is the ear of God, right? And so there, there's many times when we pray, you know, we're praying for things, right? We're praying for the blessings. We're praying for the fruits. You know, we pray for a better job. We pray for a better marriage. We pray for more money, a nicer car, you know, for healing. You know, and, and there's nothing inherently wrong with praying for those things. But it hit me sitting out by that tree is if we're just praying for fruits, amen, we're missing so much as to what God would have for us. So we not only need to just pray for fruits, but we're going to take some time today, and you're going to see as we're digging in, we're going to be praying for the roots. Because proper fruits grow from proper roots, amen? amen. So, so let's dig in there. So you may be wondering to yourself, so what then, next slide please, what then are the proper roots? So right there, and two main offshoots of that are love and truth. Everybody say that, love and truth. So we need to be praying from, from those places in our walk with God. So let's first break down the root of, of truth, okay? So as we break down the root of truth, that divvies into kind of two sections, right? First is God's word, and then God's character. So God's word is the Bible. And why is it important that we need to be praying in truth? Because oftentimes, right, we, we, we kind of get caught up in praying in our own opinion, or we get praying, which we like to call our truth, right? How many times, times if we don't know the, the, the truth of the Bible, we kind of pray in what we think is the truth. We pray from, from our personal truth, my truth, your truth, our opinions, right? But if we're not praying in God's truth, we're, we're gonna be, we might be praying a little bit off-center. We're going to be kind of missing God's will because God's will is revealed in God's truth, which is the Bible. So it's important that, that we need to be praying th through the Bible. And if you've, you know, oftentimes if I don't know what to pray, oftentimes I'll just start praying God's word back to him. Amen? And, there's, and a good place, I don't know, you, for me to start is the Psalms. Because if you look at the Psalms, you know, King David covers the whole gamut of emotions. He's, he's praying from a place when he's, when he's running from Saul. He's praying from a place of victory. He's, he's praying from a place of frustration. He prays from all across the board. And he expresses his whole heart to God in prayer. So, I mean, if you look through the Psalms, you're going to find how you're feeling covered somewhere in those Psalms there. And you can pray that back to God. Amen? And we know that if we're praying in truth, we can't grow wrong. Because we know if we're praying in truth, we're automatically praying in God's will, right? Okay, so we're going to be praying in God's truth, which is the Bible, and that'll help us to know God's character. Okay, and so what is God's character exactly? God, God is kind, God is good, God is just, God is faithful, God is merciful, God is forgiving, God is slow to anger, God is wise, and God is most of all holy. So if we break that down just 
a little bit. So we look down and uh, actually let's focus on let's focus on wise and holy, right? Because when we're praying to God and praying in God's character, we realize if we're praying from a place knowing that God is wise, God has all the answers, right? We can't pray to God and think that oh, God doesn't know what he's doing. God made a mistake because God is perfect. God is God, amen? So we're praying from that place knowing that God is holy. That helps us to turn over our problems over to the Lord and realize that he is holy, he is sovereign, he is all-knowing, he is all-powerful. And so when we're praying that, in, in that place right there, we can pray knowing that, that we, it just helps us to, we're praying in knowing the character of God to kind of rest in prayer, Amen. Because I know oftentimes where I wrestle, you know what? I'll just be honest and admit with you. There's oftentimes where I, if I wrestle, I kind of, maybe I, I, I forget God's character for a moment or I kind of waver in, in who God says who he is. And so that, and that's where oftentimes many of the struggles come in where we're not realizing God's character. So I'll say it one more time. Is it on the screen? No. So God is good, just, faithful, merciful, kind, forgiving, He's slow to anger. There's another one to focus on, right? We know that because we think if, we, if, we, if, if I've committed a sin, God's going to be angry with me. Like obviously, I, I, we're supposed to walk blamelessly, right? But Jesus covers all that sin, amen? But we can't pray from a place of, of cowering because God is angry with us. God is loving and, and, and easy to forgive and slow to anger. So if we're praying in that place, knowing God's character, it's going to help you and I to pour it out better to him, right? Like, I know I'm going to be less likely to admit something to my wife if I know she's going to be angry, right, at it. So I'm going to be a little more you know, tiptoe around it, kind of, right? But if I know that she's quick to forgive, slow to anger, it's going to help me to be more honest. So if we know that God is slow to anger, we can be more honest with God. Amen? All right, so that is the root of truth. Now let's break down the root of love. And if you have your Bibles, could you get them out, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Forgive me, I didn't give you the heads up on that one. <clears throat> give you a second right there. And you know, oftentimes these verses are used, you know, in, in wedding ceremonies, you know, in, in the marriage vows. But th this is the scripture right here when I was sitting by that tree and said, God, you know, help me to back that up and to kind of prove what you're speaking to me. He said, Matt, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love verses. So I'm going to read it aloud. 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, chapter 13, verses 4 to 7. Love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, come on now, but rejoices with the truth. Thank you, Lord. It always protects, remember the word always, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Amen. Thank you for that, Lord. And so we, it's important that we are praying with those roots because oftentimes we, I struggle with that. I don't know about you, but I struggle to pray from those places. So let's break that down just a little bit. So the first one, love is patient. And what's a biblical illustration of patience? In the book of Job, chapter 13, verse 15 of those of you who don't know the story of Job, it was a man who, uh, who was heavily, heavily afflicted. And even if you look in the, in the book of Job in chapter 2, verse 9, even his wife says to him, through all the afflictions, she says, curse God and die. 
Even the one closest to him said, curse God and die. But no, Job was patient in prayer. Job says in in chapter 13, verse 15, it says, Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Come on, verse 16 actually says, Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance. I don't know if anybody's struggling there. They've been heavily afflicted lately. They're struggling with their health. They're struggling in in their marriage, their relationship with their children, their finances. If any of you are struggling today, model after Job and his prayer of patience. Though you may be slayed, come on now, in certain areas of your life, God will turn it out for your deliverance if you pray the prayer of patience to him. Amen? The next one is kindness. And to me, kindness likens to forgiveness. Because one of the most kind things we can do to somebody is forgive them when, when, they've, when they've been wrong to us, when they have sinned against us. And the, the best example of forgiveness is Jesus. Jesus, right. So Jesus, while he's on the cross, in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And I'm, be, I'm just going to admit, I'm going to be transparent with you. If that was me, I probably would not pray that prayer of forgiveness. I would not be so kind, you know, if I was being beaten, mocked, spit, spit upon, crown of thorns, whipped, hung on a cross to go, you know, forget, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. So it's important that we pray and connect with the Lord from that root of kindness. There's also the root of protection. King David in Psalm 32 verse 7 says, You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I don't know if there's anybody. You don't have to raise your hand. If you are, if you are in trouble today and you are struggling today and you, you just feel like you're surrounded by the enemy from all sides, you're surrounded circumstantially from all sides, you can pray in the root of protection to Lord Jesus. Because King David cries out and says, you are my hiding place. You can hide in Jesus today and let him surround you with the songs of deliverance. Amen? We can pray from the root of trusting. Back to Jesus on the cross in Luke 23, verse 46. Now these are the last living words that Jesus says on the cross before he breathed his last. As he's about to die, I don't know about you, if I'm at the very, taking my very last breath, I'm not going to to say something half-heartedly. I'm not going to say something shallow. I'm I'm going to just pour it all out. So Jesus pours it out as he breathes his last and he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That explains itself. I mean, that just, I just completely wowed and floored to think in his last. He just commits his whole spirit. How oftentimes do we not commit our whole, our whole spirit to the Lord? We just give to him the branches that we want. We pray, you know, and the parts that we, that we trust him with, and then there's other parts we kind of hide to ourselves, and we try to muscle in our own strength. And yeah, yeah, God's got this, but really in our hearts, we're kind of, I know, I've, I don't know about you, but I've been in that place at times, especially with my work. That's the one that's where I have the hardest trusting him with that root. Another root is hoping. The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So you see, trust and hope go together. All these roots, friends, they, they, they intertwine. It's not just one single solitary. You kind of tie them all together. So it says, 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. Everybody say overflow. Overflow Overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God doesn't want to fill you a little bit. God wants to overflow you today if you pray in that root of hope. He wants to overflow you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to overflow you with all joy and all peace from that place of hope. I find that amazing. God just doesn't want to fill me a little bit. He doesn't want to give me just a little portion. God wants to fill me so much I can't hardly have room to receive it. Isn't that amazing? Come on. I, I know I'm giving you guys a lot of scripture. Thank you for staying with me with all this right here. And the last root is perseverance. But we're going to come back to that in a little bit. So if you have your Bibles, turn them to Luke chapter 13. I'm going to be there in a few minutes. So that way you got the heads up on that. So now we've looked at what are What are some of the loving roots to have? We've looked at the roots of truth, but now let's examine some of the bitter roots, some of the roots that be like that tree that's growing no fruit, that that are growing kind of dead. They're right up on the screen right there. The first one is envy. I know we've all struggled with that, and it's in the physical and the spiritual, right? We can look at somebody who's got the nicer promotion, the nicer job, you know, the, the, the spouse and 2.3 kids and, and dogs and nice car and all that stuff, and we can kind of be a little bit envious. We may not say it, say it out loud, but we're kind of envious. And it's as simple as when praying to God, I go, man, I wish I had what that person had. I wish I had their stuff instead of the stuff that you've given me, God. But it also plays into the spiritual. And I admit, that's the one I fall into, but I'm not much of a materialistic guy but I could be spiritually envious, very secretly too. I mean, I could sit here and, and, and pray to God and go, God, I wish I had the, the gift of teaching like, like Doug Rouse has. I wish I could have the, the, the gift of hospitality like Josie has. I wish I could be so good with social media like Kate is or so good with, with worship like Harrison, Kenny, and Chris and, and everybody else that plays and I could be secretly envious instead of relishing in the gifts that God has given you and given me. We turn around and go, man, I wish I had a gifting like so-and-so. I wish that God could use me for healing like that person right there. And in our hearts, it slowly grows. It slowly simmers. It goes from desire to bitterness. Has anybody here struggled with that? We go from from desire and we want it to, man, why don't I have it like so-and-so? And And then that, that branch starts to grow from a bitter root. And then death comes from that bitter root. Next thing you know, you look and you go, there's no fruit going on. I don't have it at all. So we pray from that place of envy. The reverse as we pray from that place of pride and boastfulness. You know, God gives you blessings and gifts, and you turn on and you kind of puff up a little bit, right? And go, God, man, God, look at everything I've done. Look at all these things you've given me. And you get all excited and you kind of puff up, and we end up in that proud and boastful place. And so what happens when we pray from that uh, proud and boastful place? Who do we make it about? We make it about ourselves. We kind of turn the focus from Jesus, and we turn the focus back to ourselves. Look at, look at me and what you've done in my life. There's nothing wrong with being grateful and thankful, but when, we're, when we make it about ourselves, then it becomes a bitter root. Amen? And this is the one I struggle with the most. Dishonoring others. And it's not necessarily, you know, praying for vengeance, obviously, is, is incorrect. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, right? But dishonoring others, this is what hit me even last night as I was practicing this message for you guys this morning, is dishonoring others is praying, come on now, praying for less than God's best for somebody else. I know for me, and, I, and I, I'll, re, I'll repent in front of everybody, Lord, I, I, I repent of the times when somebody has asked me to pray for them, 
when my wife has asked me to pray for her, and I pray with less than my 100%. Lord, I give that to you. I repent of that in Jesus' name. And when we pray, and somebody asks you to pray for them, and you kind of like, yep, yep, yeah, Lord, heal them in Jesus' name, amen. And you kind of, you don't pour yourself out. Because we're supposed to pour ourselves out in prayer, amen. If God is, is overflowing us with hope and joy, we need to pour it back out to others in prayers, intercessors. We need to pray in a place that's not dishonoring others by asking. Because if God's given his best to you, then you and I need to pray for God's best for everybody, amen. And then praying from a self-seeking place. And that's what I call the fruit focus only. God, that's where we, we pray from, a, from the poverty stance. You know, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. I need gifts, I need this, I need that. And there's nothing inherently wrong with praying for things, but if we're only fruit focused, then again, it's about ourselves, right? Also praying from the root of, of being of easily angered or praying from that emotional place. If somebody cuts you off, you pray, and it upsets you. Maybe somebody in church says something that, that hits you the wrong way. And then you, you kind of you pray from an irritated place, you pray from that, that place. That can, nothing wrong with that in the moment, but if that becomes, that can easily become a bitter root. And praying from that place where it's tough to pray from a bitter place, isn't it? Have any of you prayed from a bitter place? Maybe people close to you have made you angry for a long time and you're struggling. You're struggling to uh, forgive them, which is our last root. You're praying from that place of unforgiveness. I know. I'm going to admit, that was the root that got healed for me when I went to Texas, friends, when I went to see my, my dad. And you know, an unforgiveness isn't so much like being angry, it's that, you know what, it's saying, you know what, that was wrong, but I forgive you. And oftentimes we, maybe it's a guy thing, we, we put it aside, right? And we just kind of, oh, no, no, it's okay. And we let that root grow bitter, the bitter root of sadness and unforgiveness. And we, and we keep that record of wrong. I remember when so-and-so, that thing that they said that cut me, that, that, that planted real deep, and we don't give that to the Lord. That can grow into a root of keeping record of wrongs. Okay. So now we've discussed the loving roots. We've discussed the bitter roots that we need to stay away from, that we need to not have. So why do we need to have proper roots anyway? Why do we need to, to have proper roots? Because proper roots get us connected with Jesus, amen, we need to, and digging in. In Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. Come on, this is where the money is in verse number 3. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Jesus is the living water, amen? So if we're, we're the tree and we're planted by the streams of living water with our roots, we're connected to Jesus, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. That's what sticks out to me, in season, because this is where we may get it confused. We may look at the tree, so to speak, that is our, our ministry, that is our, our life and our walk with, with Christ and go, yeah, but this branch isn't growing fruit. Maybe it's just because it's not in God's timing as yet. Maybe it's because it's not in season. But if it's not been growing for a long, long time, that's when we need to start checking our roots because we're not growing any fruits in that section. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. All right. And it says in John chapter 15, verses 5 and 6, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, 
you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, so if you're that branch that's not rooted in Christ, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. So let's make the connection, right? Like I said before, right? Proper roots means proper fruits. And so what are some of the proper fruits? And this is sometimes where we all at times can get it confused. We think the fruits are the blessings. No, the blessings are extra. Because blessings will perish, right? That new car is going to get old. That money is going to get spent, right? The looks will hopefully not in my case fade away, but eventually they'll fade away, right? But so we look at the pro proper uh, fruits, it says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, these are the fruits of the Spirit that remain lasting. Go ahead, let's, it's, uh, oh, let me read it. I'm sorry, I thought it was on the screen. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. So I'm going to say that love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So those are the fruits of the Spirit. And this is the key. And actually, Bud showed this to me. Thank you, Bud. Against these things, there is no such law. So you cannot overflow with the fruits of the Spirit. You can never have too much love. You can never have too much joy. You can never have too much peace, so on and so forth. You can never have too much of those things. Those fruits can grow in such abundance that you can pour it out to everybody because you've been praying and you've been connected in Christ and rooted in Him. It's just an amazing thing. So now, let's go back, if you have your Bible still open, at Luke chapter 13. I'm going to read that section of Scripture, and we're going to dive into the root of perseverance, because I don't know if there's anybody here going through a trial today, you're going to need the root of perseverance, right? All right, here it goes. And this is, and just to set the scene, so the verse behind it is Jesus talking about repenting. It says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. So keep, keep repentance in mind here. This is Jesus speaking. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went, to look, he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Basically saying it's a waste. Sir, the man replied. We're the man, by the way. Leave it alone for one year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. So there's a few things, and actually even one more thing that stuck out to me that I'm going to share with you a full. First of all, the man realizes that, that, God's in, that the gardener's in charge. Amen? So we realize that God's at the heart of the intercessor. We need to realize, if you put the next slide up, please, that God is in charge, right? And then the other things that kind of stick out it's the heart of the intercessor. First thing is the man asks for more time. One year, which is a full season. Now, the exact number of one year is not important, but the heart of the intercessor is to ask for more time. More time for ourselves, especially if we need to repent of things, if we need to kind of correct things and grow our roots deeper, and for others. For those where, for the lost, those who don't know Jesus. I mean, if you, how, many, how many of you have been praying for somebody who's been lost for a long time? And you've been asking God, come on. More time, God. Give me some more time. Minister to them, Lord. Draw them near. So we need to pray from that place where we're at for a long time. Second thing I notice is that the man looks to dig around the roots and fertilize the soil. Now the shovel's going to come into play. So see, this is the thing, right? Oftentimes we, for those of you online, I'll show you the shovel right there, that we 
oftentimes try to, try to get the big shovel out. We try to dig around and, and get rid of those bitter roots, but we do it with this big, humongous shovel, right? So you notice, I, I, can't, I can't get on my knees and use a shovel. I, I got no leverage, right? So I end up, we're trying to make just a couple of big digs, right? A couple of habits to correct. And you know what? I'm all set, God. We're good, all right? I'm all done with the shovel, and we're good. But it, it doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way, amen? God calls us to use a little bitty shovel and dig around in bitter roots. Because you see, I also can't stand up big and proud at the same time and, uh, yeah, sorry, my 38 is showing here. I can't bend over and dig into these roots right here. I can't do it. Nothing's going to happen, right? So what do we do? We've we, we got to get on our knees and slowly dig into Jesus and slowly dig in and connect and work around that because God is patient, right? Slow to anger, right? All these things we was talking about. And where we've got to slowly dig around. We'll show you on this side. Because maybe somebody needs to do some digging this morning. We need to come over here and just get comfortable on our knees right here in prayer and digging. And Lord, help me find these bitter roots and help them get out. Help me to forgive that person, Lord, that I haven't forgiven in years, Lord. Help me to trust in you with my finance. All these things that we need to slowly dig around the roots and fertilize them with, with, with the Bible. Fertilize them with the presence of God, right? Because he's the one that does all the work. We're, we're using the little shovel. God is all powerful. God has it, right? And he, and he does the work, but he calls us to get on our knees as intercessors, as, as a praying church, as a praying man or woman, husband, father, mother, wife, etc., with this little shovel, amen? So that's number three. We got them both at the same time. And it has an end goal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And it has an end goal. We're not just doing it for ourselves. It says to bear fruit for the one in charge. You notice the man doesn't say anything about the man collecting fruit. The fruit is for the master. So when God gives you those, those fruits, those are meant to be used for his glory, amen? When you take those fruits and give them back to the Lord because God knows how to use those fruits for every, everybody. It's like if we were to hold on to, and I've used this illustration with John 15, 16 too, right? We bear fruit in its season. If we had all the, if we had a whole, if you had a whole case of bananas, could you eat a whole case of bananas? No. I hope not. If you did, you'd be terribly sick. But if you had the whole case, but you didn't bear the fruit for the master, and you held on to it, it would slowly spoil. And that one, that one spoiled piece of fruit can spoil all the fruit. Amen. Just like one bitter root in our lives, one prayerful root that's not connected in Jesus can eventually spoil all the rest. So the end goal is to bear fruit for the one in charge. So let me ask you, friends, I know I've given you a lot of stuff, but maybe you're sitting here, I hope you're sitting here, and you're wondering, how can we start digging into Jesus today? How can we start digging into Jesus right now this morning? Some very practical ways, because you know what? They hit me about, and a worship team can come up, and about, and about a week ago, I was working out with a client who's a fellow believer, and she says to me, she goes, Matt, easy and simple are two different things. We expect, come on now, we, oh, it just hit me. Thank you, Jesus. It hit me that we want the easy. It's a little bit easier to do this, right? To get in there and, you know, a little muscle, but it's a little bit easier to do this. But, you know, this is also simple, right? A five-year-old can get in here with a shovel, amen, and start digging. So it's simple. We need to, and these are some simple things that we can do to dig into Jesus today. You've got to find your quiet time. You've got to find that place where you connect with Jesus the best. Maybe for you it's going on a walk with the Lord. Maybe it's going to the beach and just sitting and listening to the waves. 
Maybe it's a quiet place in your home where you can connect with Jesus the best, where you can pour it out to him, where you can be honest with him and, and, just, and just let it out. So you got to find that. I can't tell you what that place is for you. Oftentimes for me, believe it or not, it's in the massage room, the serenity and realizing that God, the gifts that God, that God has blessed me with and the fruits and how I'm able to just, it's just a place for me. So you got to find that place for you. And you got to bring your digging tool. You got to bring your, you know, have your Bible, have your worship music. They help you to dig in a little bit better. That's the root of truth. Because as you dig in with your digging tool, let's say if I'm, I'm going, man, Lord, I'm struggling with peace today. And, you know, I don't always have my paper Bible. I got my Bible right here, friends. It's right here on the phone. You can download that real easy. It's for free. And you get in there, and I say, there's Bible verses about peace, forgiveness, joy. And then you can pray God's word back to him. You can dig into Jesus with his tool, the Bible. And be intentional. How well would you know somebody if you only talk with them once a week? You only talk with them on Sundays or Wednesday night from 7 to 8. You know, you talk to them just for a little bit. Not very well, right? A little bit. But you got to be intentional. You got to do it every day. Those relationships, because prayer, to get the ear of God, that's a relationship, right? As Mr. Spurgeon said, if my goal is the ear of God, I don't want to have to shout at God like this. I want to be able to say, God, can you come into the massage room with me? This person needs healing. God, give me, just give me the grace to have this converse, tough conversation with somebody. I mean, to pray for these people in the supermarket, wherever you're going. So you got to be close. You got to do it every day. You got to make it a habit and find that time that's best for you. If I don't start my day with Jesus, I highly suggest you start in the morning, but you do whatever fits best for you, especially if you have a wonky schedule. But you got to be intentional and do it every day. And you know what? If you, if you skip a day, God's slow to anger. You just get back at it tomorrow. You don't walk in that place on forgiveness. So, so here it comes, friends. It's time to make a choice today. There's two different things that we could be doing today. If this message has touched you and blessed you and encouraged you, if you're, if you're examining the roots, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and, and as I'm giving this message, you realize, yeah, I'm struggling with the root of perseverance. I'm struggling with, with, with praying and, and, and love. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with these different things. I'm struggling with trust. I'm struggling with hope. Now you need to check, you need to check your roots. And if you're struggling with, with, with your roots today, you need to get out. You need to get out your shovel and come give it to God at the altar because if you leave here today, friends, and you don't check your roots, it's not going to go away. You're still going to have that bitter root. You may feel good for a little bit because I, I might be a little bit excited, but you're going to go home and still have that bitter root and that root's going to infect the other roots. Amen? Or maybe you today, you've never, you've never connected with Jesus. You've never, you've never said, Lord, Lord Jesus, I want all those things that Matt talked about, all those fruits that remain lasting. And I want to connect with you because you died on the cross for, for my sins, for the times when I've screwed up, the times where I've gone astray, the times where I haven't been the man or woman I should be, where I haven't followed you. Well, then you get to make the breaking ground prayer today. And if you want to make that breaking ground prayer today, Somebody will be up here to pray for you. So now's the time, friends. My heart is every week for us that we would not leave here the same way that we came in. Amen. Who, who wants to leave here changed today? Who wants to leave here different today? Who wants to leave here transformed today? We got to give it to Jesus today. We got to bring it to the altar today. We got to bring our proverbial shovels and bring it right here and flush it out with the Lord. And somebody doesn't even have to pray for you if you don't want. You can just flush it out because you know where that root is if you know yourself and you've examined yourself. So friends, let's just, can we just take a moment before his last song and, and give it to the Lord?
Thanks for listening today. If you'd like more encouragement or information about New River Church, check us out at newriverchurch.org.